Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. So my guest today is Carol Golden. When Carol saw and lived through the discord between her husband's family over money and the care needed for their mother, she knew from her background as a financial planner that she had to do something about it. Dan was not, the brother was not successful like my husband and I, and felt that we were not sensitive to his financial situation Unfortunately, it led to Dan not speaking to my husband, which meant I no longer could see the nieces and nephews. The nephews and nieces couldn't coordinate with the children. When I saw the damage done to the family over the issue of extended care, that's what led me to think I need to write a book. And of course, the title, How Not to Tear Your Family Apart, comes directly from watching family be torn apart. So the book that you've written is your family's story. Well, no, actually, um, what what does it help people to do? This is it. And what this is, this book, I actually used a fictitious family because I thought it was important to make sure that I covered four generations. And my experience, of course, was with the brother, but also with the younger children who were victimized by this. So in the book, I I made a fictional family and I drew from other people's stories as well. And my publisher said, you need to when you say the grandparents in this story were uninsurable, there was no question about insurance. What other options did they have? Well, there were government programs and there was, uh, they owned their home with a lot of equity in it. So I was able to put in 15 ways of approaching this as a family. And a lot of it, has links and references so that you can say, oh, well, if I create something like this and I want to speak to a professional, if I look up some of this information because she's given us the reference, the link, so on and so forth, at least I'll be able to ask intelligent questions questions that relate to my family, to my situation, to my finances, because 
the story deals with not only the physical, the emotional, the psychological, the financial, but especially the generational relationships that can get all off track. And what if they're not perfect to start with? I think this sounds like a book that is so needed because it's true. Not all families are working from the same page, if I can use that analogy. And it's easy to cause rifts within a family, especially when money is involved, sadly. So have you had any good feedback about it from people who you've helped? Mostly that it was so needed that the word that you used I hear quite often. The other thing, having been in the industry and in for more, more decades than I want to admit to, um, I realized that most people, including professionals who are working with people, they start the conversation and uh, the family members um, think they're being sold something. So when I designed the book, I thought, I need to do steps. Here's three steps. And it doesn't matter which one you start with. Because that experience with my husband and his brother taught me that you need to be inclusive, especially with the ones who don't start out loving anybody's idea. But along the way, if you include them, especially if you say to them, Look, there's three ways we can go. I'll take one, you take one, and let's have our sister take the other. And then we'll report back in. It makes them feel as if they're part of the plan. Now, it may not be the plan that they want. But once you've been a participant, it's much harder to say, oh, I'm not going to speak to you over this. Well, we've been speaking about it. This is what we can afford. Um, I call out different caregivers because usually the alpha child, quite often either the woman, uh, although Ruth statistically, um, men are catching up with having to be caregivers due to divorces and remarriages and and what have you. Um, So I talk about the presumptive caregiver. When you're the presumptive caregiver, you know, it starts with a call, mom, how are you doing? Everything okay? That usually turns into, okay, I can come over and drive you, or I'll pick this up for you, or yeah, I'll take you to the luncheon, and um, I'll work in my car a little, and then I'll take you home. That um, usually is when conflicts start, because my husband was caring for his mother. It gave his brother the impression that his mother favored him or well, it's just that we were literally five minutes from her and he was literally 40, but we didn't include him. We didn't say to him, listen, um, mom wants to go somewhere Sunday. Do you want to take her? or Do you want us to just, we didn't do that. So I tried to write this generational family um, with some resistance uh, in the characters because I wanted people to be able to step into the character and say, oh my, that's us or that's me. And what are my options? 
how is this going to interfere with my planning for my own retirement and care? So the feedback has been, you know, everyone should read this book. Um, it's been very, very nice. One person didn't like it. They thought it was like a, a textbook. And I then responded, I, I write pieces of the book and things about the book. Um, and I responded with, thank you. <laughs> because just throwing out a bunch of story with a bunch of ideas with no meat behind it. Um, there's 92 endnotes or footnotes. Because if I talked about something like creating a savings account, I tried to give you a link to something that would allow you to compare those types of savings accounts. Again, just an educated consumer, so we, we know what questions to ask. Um, the devil's in the details. You always do need to consult with a professional. I mean, you shouldn't be signing documents and things without really understanding the pros and the cons. So there are some things in there that are pro and, and con. But it, it's, it took me two years. <laughs> it was a complicated book to write. Well, I'm not surprised it sounds like it to me. And interestingly, your husband and you, you know, you didn't sort of consider actually saying to him, okay, would you like to? It's an interesting thing. And I can see how that can cause angst or sort of tension within a family. It's an interesting one. And obviously, everybody is trying to do the best they can and everybody is trying to be helpful. And I know from experiences in other situations, not so much this one, but other situations where you think you're helping someone, either by not sort of bringing them in because you think they're too busy, they're too far away, they've got enough on their plate. So you're thinking in those terms. But that person can actually be very upset, as you put it, because they feel left out. And it's so interesting that, you know, the, the natural way is to consider the person without actually talking to them about it. And I think that's a very good point when it comes to care of someone to really, you know, invite people to do what they want, have them say no, rather than you say no for them. It's so interesting. Very much so. And the other thing is, um, when my mother needed care, this was my own mother, not my mother-in-law. She had a policy and, you know, she was in a different state. And she said, I don't want you spending all that money flying down here. And I said, well, let's look at it this way, mom. I can hire someone to come in and do your house chores. And I can hire someone to come in and check on you physically. I'm coming down to play cards with you. You see, part of it is as you age and you become less and less active and maybe a little infirm, the other person that we want to consider is the one receiving care. If my mother-in-law, uh, she said to me, I feel so relaxed now, Carol, going into the facility because it's not going to cause a problem with your brothers, uh, with, you know, the boys, as she called them. And at first, um, you know, Dan was fine. 
and then he wasn't. In the book, I have something, step two is called, step one is, is called a care guide. Step two is called a care squad. And a care squad is where you list, it's so easy, you just make little boxes. And the first line, it says, who's taking mom and dad in an emergency? The second line is, who's going to call all the people that need to be involved? The third line is, um, let's say you're not there, you're too far. The third line is, you're, you're going to check on the hospital registration and the bills and, you know, all of the stuff that, so instead of showing up with everybody being frantic, everybody has a job because the minute something happens, hysteria sets in. But if you say, Ruth, did you call so-and-so? And you say, Carol, did you get that care guide and give it to the doctor so he knew the dosages? We're having a dialogue instead of, oh my God, what are we going to do? How is mom going to make, you know, uh, it changes the dialogue completely. Um, so it's a simple step, but it's in there because as I said, I'm a planner. Not everyone is a planner. So what steps can we take to be inclusive, to lower the stress? The whole thing is stressful. You're not going to get rid of the stress. But lowering the stress, it's, it's dialoguing. And the person who needs the care, uh, at one point, uh, the main character, Jody says, I feel so wonderful that dad turned around and was so pleased because the doctor said, you know, it's the first time someone's handed me all the information that I need. And everyone isn't screaming at me for results before I even get to examine the patient. So even the patients feel, well, it minimizes any possible stress situation that you can instead of adding to it. Yeah, but, that's so simple. And yet you're right. The majority of people, including myself, I would say. Me too. <laughs> yes, it's necessary, but so many, well, I would say probably everybody doesn't think about this no no if we're lucky enough to have members of our family our parents grandparents even who get to the stage where they're getting elderly that is the time i'm sure to start thinking about this rather than waiting till it's too late you know for the most part most people um or at least i said to my two children you know, we're going to talk about this because see how well it worked for grandma. And I, I think um, I said to them, I want to get a, a, the first, first step was care guide. And in the care guide are things like, what are your end of life wishes? Now, you don't want to be doing that in your 60s because it bothers you. But if you haven't done it, I said to my children, there's a choice between burial and cremation. And they meant, oh, mom, please stop. And I said, well, that's why I've already taken care of it. Because I don't want if something happens to me, look at how you reacted. Oh, and I don't blame you. It's, it's a difficult thing to talk about someone's passing. But I want to tell you that 
part of the care guide is not just my medications, which you may or may not know, but I'm assure you at an emergency room, you, you won't remember the dosage. So it's in there. My first language is in there. Um, my, uh, where my will is located is in there. And if I want to be resuscitated or kept alive, the decision is in there. I want you to know that it's there. I don't need to have you read the document. It's upsetting. But at the time, when, when an ips, a physician or someone says to you, what do you want us to do? I don't want you to make that hard decision. I want you to say, well, my, my mother made that decision and I'm following her wishes. It's, it's just too difficult uh, for families. And that's another time battles ensue. What do we do? I mean, well, why didn't mom say what she wants? Well, I want to do this. No, I want to do that because tension is so high. Sometimes you just challenge because you're so upset. Hmm. So the care guide kind of says, okay, in the book, there's a whole list of what you can put in the care guide. And then the last, the third step was the care planning team. This is that inclusive thing again. Assign everybody something that's appropriate for their age. I assigned my son who has two children to look into an insurance that can cover him in case of death or in case of needing long-term care. So, you know, it's a matter of saying what government programs for whom works how. And you need to each say, well, I qualify for this, my husband qualifies for that, or neither of us qualify for this, or we just are not interested. The grandparent in this one said, we're not interested in a government program. We want to be in control of what happens to us. So there, you're right. There's a lot in the book, maybe a bit too much for some people, but when you see yourself in a character and you think about those three steps, I think your whole family benefits. And I should imagine that some people can read it and maybe think, oh, no, I'm, that's not for me, or they don't want to go there, whatever. But A, they've read it, so they've got the knowledge, and B, they can go back to it when perhaps a time comes and maybe they are thinking about it on behalf of someone and need to know more things. They can refer back to your book, even if things by that time might have slightly changed, it gives some kind of guideline to work out the best way of doing things. At least you know to start asking questions, even if that particular option has morphed or has disappeared, speaking to a professional and saying, I was interested, I read that there is an annuity that provides lifetime income. And I'm not sure that that's still available and all. Right away, the professional knows that you're worried about income for X number of years for this older parent so they can pay for the care that they need. Well, it doesn't matter really the details. It means that the professional can say, oh, the concern is having the income 
to pay for the care without invading this person's own savings or needs, etc. So as you say, it's it doesn't matter what you get out of it, but so far um, people have been, uh, other than the one who found it a textbook, and I thought that was wonderful because textbooks are for learning. <laughs> and if we don't learn, we suffer. Um, it's been so well received, I can't tell you. It's gratifying. I'm really happy to hear that. And I should imagine also, obviously, you are based in the U.S., but I can see that your book can actually be useful for people in different countries because even if the system isn't the same, the ideas of things that you can put in place and questions to ask can apply to all countries. And I think that's what's so you know, fantastic about this as well. So, Carol, I wanted to thank you so much. This has been really, really sort of eye-opening. And I obviously need to get a book as well for myself. <laughs> Because I've done none of this for myself and for my yeah. family. Because I've right. been one side thinking, I don't know, I can't really make a decision for myself. So I decided I'd leave it up to them. So that's obviously the wrong way around. Yeah, that's that's a burden, frankly. But I have a website, www.thecaringconversation.com. And it links directly to Amazon where you can buy the book. That's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. My, my publisher also has sent it abroad. She agreed with you that it's the idea that you can use the three steps because you personalize them no matter where you are. It's only the care planning team that now has to look into what are my options. And I'll tell you, Ruth, if you're doing this with your sisters or your children, and it's, I call that the discovery team, it's a completely different feel than, well, mom's going to die, what are we going to do? It's, it's not at all like that. So I hope it is personally very helpful to you. Um, I would very much like you to put a um, review on Amazon and... Um, and of course, you can reach out to me at, uh, well, we've been back and forth quite a bit, the two of us. We have, we have. So Carol, thank you so much for this. As I said, it is something that I think is absolutely just so useful for people and so um, enlightening and will help many, many people. We will put information obviously in the show notes as well so that people can go to your website, buy the book, and if they need to also get in touch with you via email. Thank you for your time. It's been absolutely wonderful. Thank and you. Thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. That's the important part, that between the two of us, if we help 10 people, it's it's wonderful. The more that we help, the better it is. So thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.